Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is week nine of Valley Rise Church. For those of you that, yeah, week nine, we made it nine weeks in our first Easter Sunday. And so for those of you who this is your first Sunday with us, um, we, the majority of us, were on staff at a church in Birmingham, Alabama. It's the Church of the Highlands, the second largest church in America. They'll have about 90 to 100,000 people in 100 Easter services this weekend. And um, God had put in my heart to plant a church out here in the Houston area. And so me, along with the team, came out here with the support of Highlands and, and began Valley Rise Church on January 28th. So you all are a part of the very first Easter service that we ever get to do together. Amen. So thank you so much for being here with us. Hey, let me explain this card to you real quick. We're going to do a series in a couple months called You Asked For It. And You Asked For It is all about series that you would like to hear about. So this is our way of finding out what you would like to hear about. There's some different selections on the back of there. I'd like to hear a message on what the Bible says about, and you can go ahead and look at some of those. Or I'm interested in hearing more of these themes, and you can, you can check which ones you'd like to hear more about. And um, we have some next steps for you. My next step, the next step in my spiritual journey is, and all of those things are just so that we can know best how we can serve you. The boxes at the bottom, I'll explain to you at the end. You can leave those alone. Um, and then, how, how'd you hear about us? We always love to know how you heard about us. And, and we're so thankful for anyone that would give a card or, or tell somebody about us. And um, anytime you start a church, people go, what does starting a church look like? Well, this is what starting a church looks like, if you've ever wondered. And um, we are so grateful that we get to be here with you guys and that y'all are here with us, and we hope that, that we uh, provide an experience to get you closer to Jesus and closer to people. So let's pray, and we'll jump into it. Dear God, thank you so much. There may be no greater day to celebrate who you are, Jesus, than Easter. There may be no greater way for us to celebrate your resurrection than together. We're so grateful, Jesus, that you died so we could have community, that you died so that we could have victory, that you died so we could live a life of freedom. We just bless you. We pray that today is the greatest day, the greatest Sunday of this year, Jesus. We pray that we get a little closer to you and a little closer to people today. I pray that you just meet us exactly where we are, that you speak to us in our hearts, and that you uh, give us a message, Jesus, that's directly from you, we pray. Thank you so much for this amazing day, Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Well, here we go, Easter Sunday. Um, you know, there are many things that, that you can preach on on Easter Sunday, but I truly believe God woke me up in my sleep about five weeks ago and gave me this message, and I was, as I was praying about what he wanted me to preach on Easter Sunday, I felt like he said, this was, I gave you this five weeks ago just for this reason, and so I believe it's a message from God's heart to ours. Um, hey, we are launching small groups today. Let me not forget that. We're launching small groups today. You can go online. We have an online directory of all the small groups you can jump into. We do small groups a little different at Valley Rash Church. We've got a ton of different small groups you can get into. We've got golf small groups. We've got Bible study small groups. We've got arts and crafts small groups. We've got coffee small groups. We do all kinds of different small groups. And so I encourage you, the best way to grow in your relationship with Jesus is to grow in your relationship with people that love Jesus as well. So we encourage you to jump in there. Hey, get you a donut when you leave here. And they also have a photo booth because everyone wants pictures on Easter. So we're going to have someone out there, one of our professional photographers, taking pictures for you. And they'll email, email those out to you. So if you wanted a family picture and you came dressed up today, you are in luck. You can get that out there. 
Hey, how many of you love going to the movies? How many of you love going to the movies? I love going to the movies. I love everything about the movies. I love driving to the movies. I love, like, you get there, and I get excited when we get to the movies. It's like Disney World. Like, you just pull up. It's so, it's just huge. And how many of you have been to the one? It was Silverado. What's it called now? Regal. Oh, my gosh. We went, like, two weeks ago. I was like, this is the, I've been missing out. This is the greatest theater I've ever seen in my whole life. It's, like, two-story theater. They got, like, all these different rooms. They have, like, restaurants in there. Like, everything. I was like, this is massage chairs or whatever, the recliner chairs. I've been missing out on theaters. I love the movies. love getting to the movies. I love going to get my tickets. Come on, you get your tickets. Can, you get up, and it never has the full movie name. So you just kind of, hey, can I get two to... To Thor, rag, ragged, 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 ragged socks, ragged, Ragnarok. I can't hear you, ma'am. And then you got to put your whole your head to the little ear. I love it. You know, yes, huh? No, okay. Two, two. Just give me two to any movie. You pick, okay? I don't care. I just want to go to the movies. You pick what you want. I'll see whatever you want to see. So I love it. I love going in there and getting the popcorn. How many popcorn lovers do we have? I, you, I, you don't love it more than me. I promise. Sometimes. This is our secret. Just keep this between us. You can ask my wife. This is true. Sometimes I just drive to the movie theater to get popcorn to bring it home and store at the house to eat there because I love movie theater popcorn. Now, it's not the same as the microwave popcorn. It's just not as good. And I go and I do what probably most of us do. You get a large popcorn even though no one has ever eaten a large popcorn in the history of movies. They should have a man versus food wall with people who finished large popcorns because it's impossible. I go and, and they always trick me though. Like, I'm like, hey, can I get a small popcorn, a small drink? They're like, for seven cents more, would you like a medium? I'm like, seven cents, that's not that much. Sure, I'll get seven cents more, I'll get a medium. For 43 cents more, would you like a large? 43 cents, I think I have that right here. Sure, 43 cents, why not? 43 cents, that'll be 43.50. I'm like, 40, what did we start at? Where did the 50 cents come from? I love that, and I sit down, and we all have our ways we eat popcorn. I eat popcorn. My wife says it's weird. I just say it's smart. I don't like to put my hand in the popcorn because then your hands get all greasy, and then you got to find someplace to wipe them, or like they, your, everything slips. If you're trying to check your phone, you have grease marks all over your phone for days. So I just take the popcorn, and I do like this iguana thing where I just like stick my tongue in, and it all sticks to my tongue, and I bring it back in my mouth. And my wife's like, no one wants to eat after you. I'm like, well, you should have got your own large popcorn. It was only 43 cents more than the medium popcorn. I have my own way. I like to eat my popcorn. But there is nothing worse when you go to the movies. There may not be anything more that can ruin a movie than sitting next to someone that talks the whole time in the movie. Now, listen, I'm not saying it's my wife, but I'm just saying sometimes the person that sits next to me when I go on date nights can talk a lot during movies. And it's always like a tense movie where, you know, you're trying to figure out what's going on. And she'll be like, oh, my God, what are they doing? I'm, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm seeing the movie, too, for the first time. I don't, who is she? She just came. I have no clue. No, no clue who she is. Like, I, I, like I'm going to answer the questions. I've never seen the movie before either. And so, and, and the thing is, though, you don't want to go to a movie with someone who's seen the movie before you. Because then they can spoil the movie for you. Even when you read a review, you know they have the spoiler alert. Okay, don't, don't watch this. Because there's nothing worse than when you're watching a movie and you're like, what's going to happen? Somebody's like, he, he didn't really die. He's still alive. And you're like, oh, why am I even in this movie now? Or the book of Eli. You guys remember the book of Eli? You sit down and the person next to you goes, he's really blind. He can't see anything. And you're like, that ruined the whole movie. The entire movie was based on he was blind at the end. That's the only reason it was a good movie. But let me just confess something to you. I love, I actually really enjoy 
spoilers, okay? And I know you're like, why? That's horrible. It saves me a heart attack, first of all, in movies. It's like, I'm a big LSU fan. Any LSU fans? Come on. All right, go Tigers. And um, I'm from Lafayette, Louisiana originally, and so a huge, huge Tiger fan. And um, it's a lot easier to watch a Tigers game when, someone, when, I'm, when I'm watching it back and someone's like, we won, you know, by 10. It doesn't matter if we're down 43 with 20 seconds left. I don't know how it's going to happen. I just know that we're going to win somehow. And so I cannot ride the waves that are going on. I enjoy the spoilers. Me and my son will watch movies together and yeah, I know probably none of y'all, maybe it's just me. I get caught up in, in kids' movies. Like, we watch, like, like, Big Hero 6, and I'm just like, this is a cartoon. It's an inflatable guy, but we're both crying, and I'm like, what's happening to us? Is he going to get refilled with air? How does it work? And my son, who watches movies six, seven times over and over, look at me and go, Dad, it's fine. He's going to make it. And then all of a sudden, I'm fine. I'm like, okay, great. He's going to make it. We're good. And then I can just enjoy the cinematic adventure. I don't have to ride the waves with him. I don't have to... But this weekend, we find ourselves in a peculiar situation the same way that the disciples did over 2,000 years ago. The disciples were living out, perchance, the greatest movie that was ever written. The movie of Jesus, his life, three years with him, the death of Jesus, and then the resurrection. But as I was reading this, I thought it was interesting because multiple times in their relationship, Jesus tells the disciples, I'm going to be crucified. He gives them a spoiler alert. I'm going to be crucified, okay? Don't freak out. I'm going to come back again. Like he tells them multiple, multiple times. The first time he tells them is Mark 8. It's in your notes. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests, the scribes, and be killed. And after three days, rise again. And he said, he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter. He said, get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Think of this again. But you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. How is it that the disciples could be with Jesus three years, that they could be told the spoiler alert, that they could be told, hey, listen, I'm going to die. Don't worry. I'm going to come back again. And yet they fall into a crisis when Jesus dies. They literally, for all practical purposes, backslide. Peter goes back to fishing. He takes everyone back with him like we talked about last week. He goes back. People scatter. Everyone hides. You think one of them at some point would go, hey, remember Jesus told us this would happen like a bunch of times? Like, maybe we shouldn't panic. Maybe he's really going to come back. Maybe. Why is it that the disciples, even when Jesus, the Son of God, looked at them and said, don't worry, I'll be back, that they panicked? And the answer is your first blank. It's because emotions are not loyal. Emotions are not loyal. I wish in this process I could ask the disciples one question. I would love to ask the disciples, who told you not to have hope? Who told you to get your, not to get your hopes up? Who came after Jesus and said, hey, listen, don't, he's not coming back, so don't even worry about it. I know he told you he's coming back a bunch of times, but just don't worry about it because he's not coming back. I love, I love this verse um, that, that we begin to see what Jesus is telling the disciples. Throw that next verse up there. Sorry, I'm trying to find it up here. Um, Matthew 28. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. He is risen just as he said. So they're panicking. They get to the tomb, and they're looking for Jesus. 
And big surprise, the angel comes to Jesus to, to the disciples and goes, listen, I know who you're looking for. Remember Jesus told you he was going to raise from the dead. He's not here just as he said. Just as he said. Which means that the word of God, if we trust the word of God, number one, when we trust the words of God, our perspectives shift. Wouldn't it be awesome if the difficult times in life, the ups and downs of life, if you had a guide that you could look at and go, okay, God already spoke something to me that I know is true. And so I don't have to ride the waves of life that come at me. If I stand on the word of God, my perspective on my situations begin to change. What perspective do you have in life? What situation are you in that you need to take the word of God and apply this word to that is timeless and infallible and go, okay, God, I know what it looks like, but I also know what your word says. What was it that causes the disciples to stray from that? I would like to think it was probably, if we asked them, it'd probably be what they saw maybe. Maybe them seeing Jesus and seeing how brutal the crucifixion was that they thought there's no way Jesus can come back from this. Maybe it was what they heard. Maybe, maybe they heard the Romans talking about we've killed Jesus and the, the Pharisees saying that there's no way they've, they've ended the rebellion and Jesus is dead and they put a stone in front of it. And Maybe them hearing the talk of this made them doubt that Jesus was ever really going to do what he said he would do. Have you ever felt hopeless like that? Have you ever felt that the things you see with your eyes and what you hear with your ears doesn't match up to what God spoke to you in your heart? That maybe you find yourselves where the disciples are going, Jesus, I know what you spoke to my heart, but my eyes don't see it. My ears don't hear it, God. My mind can't fathom what you spoke to me because right now I don't see it. And the beauty of it is that even when our eyes don't see it and even when our ears don't hear it, Jesus' word never fails. And just like he said he would rise again three days, he told us some things that would also come to pass in our own heart. This word cannot fail. Number two, what God says about me outweighs what the world says to me. What God says about me outweighs what the world says to me. Many of you say, what does God say about me, Christian? What does God say about me? I know that God spoke to the disciples, and I know that, but what does God say to me that I can stand on in these times? I'm glad you asked. There is these scriptures that I love. They're called the 40 IMs. And the 40 IMs, we have a copy of them for you. When you leave here, there's going to be people handing them out, and I encourage you. Take a copy of this. I used to put it in my, in my work mirror. I was in the military, and so I'd put it on my workstation. I'd put it in, in my car. I had a copy in my Bible. I had a copy on my mirror. Because many times in life, you get up and you start to hear things about you or hear things about life or hear things about your situation that don't match up maybe with what God has spoken to you. And what do we do in those times? Just like we wish we could shake the disciples and go, go back and look at what he said. You're going to be okay, I promise. Jesus said he was going to come back. He was going to raise from the dead. Don't doubt him. Stand faithful. There's some things that God says to us as well. What are those things? The 40 IMs. And I'm going to read them to you. And I just want you to stop and think for one second. Take them down. Take them down real quick. Don't put them up there. One second. Stop and think about this. This is what God, the creator of the universe, says about you. This is what he feels about you. I grew up a lot of times thinking God was upset with me or God was mad at me or maybe I had to work to please God or maybe if I did enough, God would be happy with me. or maybe. And I just want you to know God feels the way I'm about to read to you about you. This is how he thinks of you. The 40 IMs. Number one, I'm a child of God. 
I'm redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I'm forgiven. I'm saved by grace through faith. I am justified. I'm sanctified. I'm a new creature. I'm a partaker of his divine nature. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm delivered from the powers of darkness. I'm led by the spirit of God. I am a son of God. I'm kept in safety wherever I go. I am getting all my needs met by Jesus. I'm casting all my cares on Jesus. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I'm doing all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. I'm an heir to the blessing of Abraham. I am observing and doing the Lord's commandments. I am blessed coming in and blessed going out. I'm an heir of eternal life. I am blessed with all spiritual blessings. I'm healed by his stripes. I am exercising my authority over the enemy. I'm above only and not beneath. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm establishing God's word here on earth. I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. I am daily overcoming the devil. I am not moved by what I see. I am walking by faith and not by sight. I am casting down vain imaginations. I am bringing every thought into captivity. I am being transformed by the renewing of my mind. I am a laborer together with God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am an imitator of Jesus. I am the light of the world and I am blessing the Lord at all times continually and praising him with my mouth. How many of you know that's how God feels about you? And if you will read that every day just like that, you will feel much better about yourself as well. Because there are many times where what we see with our eyes and what we hear with our ears do not match up. And in those times, we must go back and begin to confess what God says about us. That you will not be moved by what you see. That you will not be moved by what you hear. Because we all get in times in life where it's very easy to forget that. Where you find yourself in the ups and downs and the waves of life that happen. Maybe it's, maybe it's financially or relationally or maybe you lose a family member or maybe you lose a job. Or maybe, and it's very easy in those times to go, God, where are you? How, God, what is going on here? Finding ourselves like the disciples going, God, you, we know what you said, but now it seems like you're really, really far from us. Where are you, God? And the question I would ask you is the same question I would ask the disciples. Who told you not to get your hopes up? It wasn't God. God says this about you. This is what he says about you. So whoever told you not to get your hopes up, whether it be your eyes, your ears, your mind, or the enemy himself, has no bearing on what God really feels about you. And when you can't change your circumstances, because life happens and many, many times we cannot change our circumstances, we can most certainly change our attitude. And do you know how we change our attitude? By setting our mind on these things. Exactly what Jesus says at the beginning, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Wouldn't it have been great if Jesus told us this? Guess what? We're in luck. He did. John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you will have tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. Jesus is telling us just like he told the disciples, listen, there's going to be some things coming that aren't that good. There's going to be some things that happen to you in life that, man, they just suck. It's not fair sometimes. Then maybe you find yourself in a place that you just go, how could I have ever gotten here? And Jesus goes, listen, I want you to remember when you find yourself there. 
When you look around and you seem like Jesus isn't close. When you look around and it seems like hope is lost. When you're in the dark days wondering, God, where are you and how am I ever going to get out of here? Remember this. I have overcome the world. Remember how I feel about you. Remember what I think about you. Remember what I said to you. Many of you may say, yeah, but Christian, you don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand the memories of maybe the, the past life you've lived or maybe the life you're currently living and the memories you wake up with every day. And as I was writing this, I thought of that because I've got my own memories. I'm no different than you. People sometimes go, well, you're a pastor. You don't deal with any of this stuff. Listen, I deal with all of it. And then I deal with your stuff too. <laughs> this, this is, it's, life isn't any easier for me. I always tell people, I'm no different than you guys. This is just the area that God called me to serve in. All of us have an area that God called us to serve in. Just because I'm up here communicating doesn't mean that I get a free pass and life is easy. Life is just as difficult for all of us. And in these moments, when I wake up and I go, God, man, God, I, I love you. And God, and memories start to come in. And things start to hurt. And life starts to happen. I always remember number three, memories are temporal, but God's mercies are eternal. Memories are temporal, but God's mercies are eternal. Lamentations 3, 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. I love the old hymn. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Listen to that one more time. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Some of you may be here and you think you're far from God. You think God's left you. You think you're distant from him. I want you to know the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's not mad at you. God's not angry at you. God's not punishing you. God's not pushing you away. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. I encourage you when times get, when times get tough, let's set our mind on him. Let's set our hope on him. Let's remember that he is faithful when life isn't. Let's remember that he is constant when circumstances may not seem very constant around us. And let's remember that every single day his mercies are new. That the sun rises every single day. And if the sun can rise every single day, then he can also rise in our hearts every single day. That the love of Jesus that died for us and rose again can rise daily inside of each and every one of us. How do we do that? How do we allow our hearts to be set on God daily? I think, it's, I think it starts with this. I think it starts with spending time every day with Jesus, with waking up every morning and going, Jesus, just as your mercies are new today, your love is new today, so is, so is my life new today. So is my hope new today. And every morning when you wake up and you start to feel like distant from God, when you start to feel like, I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to say to yourself, who told you not to get your hopes up? Who told you not to set your head high? Who told you that God wasn't there? Who told you that he had failed you? Who told you that life was too hard? Who told you that he had left you hanging? Who told you that he wasn't watching out for you? Who told you not to get your hopes up? Not God. Not God. This is what he says to you. Daily, set your mind 
on Jesus. Just like the disciples, three days without Jesus, they're going, God, I guess we gave up three day, three years of our lives. And now, Jesus, where are you? And we want to shake him and go, he told you he wasn't dead. He told you he was coming back. He told you what was going to happen. Listen, if we could just shake ourselves today and say he told us he wasn't dead. He told us what was going to happen. He told us when life gets hard, what to do, where to set our hope, where to set our eyes, where to set our joy, how to find our peace. He told us what to do. Let me ask you this. What area of your life needs to rise today? What area of your heart needs to rise fresh today? Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus rose from the dead. His mercies rise every single morning. And what area of your life needs to rise new with him today? For those of you that haven't heard the story, the reason that we are Valley Rise Church is, is it's not just that we just picked a random name because believe it or not, finding a church name, a good church name is far harder than you could ever imagine. We went through many, many church names. We were Restoration Church. Like, no, that sounds like a rehab. Nobody's going to come to that church, okay? Vibe Church. No, that's too cool, okay? Nobody's going to come to that church, okay? We, what if we just call it The Church, okay? And people, somebody was like, there's already a church called The Church. I'm like, golly, they beat me to it. Okay. All these church names. And I was laying down on the couch praying one day. And God spoke to me. And he said, go back. A man had written me a letter years before. He said, go read that letter. And I, I go and I dig in my boxes and I find this letter this guy had written to me. Four years earlier, difficult season of my life, was unsure of where God was, didn't know, <clears throat> didn't know what was going to happen. Dark times in our life, dark times in my relationship, dark times in my family. And a man wrote me a letter and in the letter was Isaiah 40, 3 through 5. We have that? Isaiah 40, three through five. And what it says is, let me read it to you because this is so key. Isaiah 40, three through five, a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord is spoken. And as soon as I read that, God spoke to me and he said, call it Valley Rise. Because I want Valley Rise to be a place where I take things that have been hard for people and raise them up and make them easy. Where I take, amen. Where I take areas of life that have been difficult and I raise them up. Where I take things that people think are dead and I bring them back to life. I want the valleys of people's lives to rise again. What area of your life is it that you need to rise? What area is it that, that maybe you go, I've been trying not to get my hopes up, Christian, because I just know God's going to let me down or I just know that it's not going to happen or I just know. What area of your life is it? Today, I believe that God is going to lift that area up. 
I believe that he's going to do what only he can do in your life. And I believe that Easter 2018, just as Jesus rose from the dead, there are going to be things in your life that begin to come back to life. There's going to be things that he begins to speak hope to and life to that you're going to say, those things were dead. I thought they were over. I thought this was never coming back. I thought this relationship was gone. I thought this family member was gone. I thought this friendship was gone. I thought this business was gone. I thought, and he's going to go, it's not over yet because I have the last word. I have the last word and I'm going to bring things back to life inside of you. Would you bow your head with me? Dear God, thank you so much for your steadfast love. Thank you that it never changes, Jesus. Thank you that you are always faithful and that when life seems unfaithful, when life seems unfair, when life seems hard, God, your joy never fails. Your mercies are new every single morning. Thank you, Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as I was speaking about this and about how God feels about you and about what he says about you and about the relationship that we have with Jesus, There's some of you here that maybe you go, Christian, I've never known that. Maybe I came today with a friend or maybe maybe I've been in church before, but I've never known a relationship with God like what you're talking about. That to me is foreign, Christian. But today I want to know that. I want to know what that means. I want to know what a relationship looks like with Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this is between you and Jesus alone. If that's you, would you raise your hand for me? Amen, amen, amen. I see those hands. You can put them down. Last chance, if anyone else here, you didn't raise your hand the first time and you go, Christian, that's me. God's pulling on my heart. Today, I want to begin that relationship with him. Would you raise your hand for me last time? Amen. Put those down. Now I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And listen, you can say it in your heart. You can say it out loud. As long as you mean it, this is between you and Jesus. Would you just repeat this prayer after me? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for taking my payment on the cross. Thank you for raising from the dead to give me new life. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you came to give me new life. And I believe you came to set me free. Today, I choose you, Jesus. I choose to let my spirit man come to life and walk in freedom with you every day to grow closer to you and closer to people every single day. Jesus, I give you my life. I love you. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those that just made the greatest decision of their lives? Listen, on the, on the blank on the back of here, the ABCD. Let me explain these to you. This is something we love doing at Easter because we can celebrate not only what God's doing in your life, but we can also have things to pray for. If you came here today and you say, Christian, I'm saved. I've given my life to Jesus before. I love, I'm, I'm, I'm in. You check A. If you came here today and you say, Christian, today was the day I gave my life to Jesus. Today I started a new relationship with Jesus. I want you to check B for me. If you came here and you said, Christian, listen, I feel God doing something in my heart, but I'm still considering it. I I haven't made that decision yet. I'm not ready to jump out and take that leap yet, Christian. Would you check C for me? 
And then some of you may be here, maybe somebody brought you here and you go, Christian, listen, all this sounds great, but it's not for me. I've decided I am never going to give my life to Jesus. Did you check D for me? People always go, why do you do that? Because we're believing that next year at this very same Easter service, there's going to be a lot of people that check D, that check me, that become new believers, that we're going to be praying for you. We're going to be praying that God does some things in your life, that he blesses you and gives you relationships, and that he opens up whatever door in your heart it is that he needs to walk through to get to you. We believe that, that God's going to do some amazing things this next year at Valley Rise Church. Man, we're nine weeks in, and I just look around, and I look at the friendships and the relationships that God's building and just how cool it is. We're so grateful that you got to spend our very first Easter with us. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, listen, if you came prepared today to worship with your giving, you can go ahead and prepare that. We're going to take that up in just a second. I want you to know I always say it every single week because there's always new people here. I will never, ever, ever ask you to give us money. I will never ask you to give us money. The Bible says that every man should decide in his own heart what the Lord would have him give. And we believe that at Valley Rise Church. So I always say, listen, I want you to pray. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, that's what you do. And we trust that God's going to take care of us. So thank you so much. You guys are such a generous church. You're such, you guys are awesome. And we're so grateful for each and every one of you. If you'll get that out, we're going to pray over that. And they'll take that up as we as we do one last song. Dear Lord God, thank you for every single person here. Thank you, God, for the people that sow into Valley Rise that make this possible, that give of their time, God, their talents, their treasures, the people that honor you, Jesus, the people that are here for the first time, and the people that have been here every week. We're so grateful that you would bless us with people such as this, God. I pray that you bless every gift and every giver. I ask you that uh, you would just have a special grace upon them. I pray that there would just be a great God blessing that comes to them, that you would fill them, they would find joy, peace, and love in you. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen.